0: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. And I'm going to start off by admitting something. It's really exciting when the National Geographic in my mailbox turns out to be a mummy issue, unless it's ice mummies, which to be honest, kind of creeped me out. Yeah, Sarah's Sarah's not a big ice mummy fan. But in this case, in our podcast episode for today, we're talking about Egyptian mummies, specifically King Tut and plus 10 other 18th dynasty royals. And that National Geographic cover story that I saw was a follow-up on a study published late last winter in the Journal of the American Medical Association, also known as JAMA. And you probably saw some of the headlines about this. um, One from National Geographic News, King Tut was disabled, malarial, and inbred, DNA shows. And from Discovery News, King Tut wore orthopedic sandals. Which is terribly cutting. I, I don't know. All these headlines made me real, feel really sorry for King Tut. I remember emailing, boy. emailing Katie saying, how embarrassing for him. But there you go. Not that we think orthopedic sandals are embarrassing, we'd like to clarify, but this whole thing made us both think back to our Nefertiti episode and her very obscure end. So to give you a little refresher, there's this strange murky period of history between the death of Nefertiti's husband and the ascendancy of Tut. We don't really know where this boy came from or whose child he is or just what happened in this, in this period of history. So it made us think it's time for a follow-up episode and plus a closer look at the study and a closer look at some more recent news that's contesting one of the points of the study. So, we like controversy. Yeah, in we our have history. lots of controversy and mystery in this episode. So our story starts with the powerful pharaoh Amenhotep the Third. He's ruling in the New Kingdom during the eighteenth dynasty, which is about thirteen ninety BC, and He's no small potatoes, as Sarah put it. He's a big guy. He's got an empire from the Euphrates to the fourth cataract of the Nile, and he reigns for 37 years with his queen, Ty. He's succeeded by their son, Amenhotep IV, and if you listen to that Nefertiti episode, you know what's coming up next. This guy is the heretic king who decides to ditch the chief god, Amen, plus all the other Egyptian gods and worship only one god, Aten, and he changes his name to Akhenaten. He and his wife Nefertiti have six daughters, and they act as high priests to this new religion they've created. He eliminates the Amun priesthood. He leaves Thebes. He even changes the way art looks, making uh, less of sunshine because Aten is a is a sun, sun god. god. They like to have their are have themselves depicted outside, but also feminizing the male form, which has uh, led some people to think maybe there was a reason for that. That's going to be one of our genetic mysteries for later in the episode. And after Akhenaten's death, we have that mystery period uh, featuring a shadowy king, Smen Kakare, and maybe even Nefertiti as a female pharaoh, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> So whatever happens, nine-year-old Tutankhaten comes out as king in the end. I'm not mispronouncing it. It's Tutankhaten. So will this young Tutankhaten keep up this new religion under Aten? No. Within only two years, the boy king returns to the old ways. He changes his name to Tutankhamun and the temples are reopened. They come back to Thebes and his wife, a daughter of Nefertiti and Akhenaten, changes her name as well. But Tut is dead before his 20s, and he leaves no living children. He's shuttled away to a comparatively meager tomb. It's not at all what we think of when we think of the uh, grand Egyptian tomb. Well, King Tut's tomb is supposed to be filled with the treasures to end all treasures. That's kind of what people initially thought. But it's just the simple fact all of the great pharaoh's tombs have been robbed so long ago that all of their stuff is gone. We're left with King Tut. It looks good to us, but it wasn't a, a terrible lot at the time. Well, and his line of kings is completely wiped out from memory after he's dead. It's They wanted no memory of that time under Otten at all. Even though he's the guy who who brings them back to the old religion, just his association with this heretic god and the heretic king is too much. So he's essentially erased from memory his tomb is so obscure it's so hidden away it's covered pretty quickly that grave robbers don't really find it and when howard carter opens it in 1922 it's barely been touched it's perhaps ripe with curses and we're left with all this amazing treasure the amazing golden mask and coffin and the question who is this young boy behind the handsome gold mask And for a long time, people thought he might have been struck dead so young by a blow to the head or perhaps a hunting accident. Some other type of things that would kill a 19 year old. Right. But a 2005 CT scan shows that no, actually, the hole in Tut's head had to do with his embalming and not his death. It also showed that he had a broken leg. But while a CT scan can tell us a lot, it couldn't tell us who he was. DNA can. So this JAMA study looked at the DNA markers of King Tut, 10 mummies who are likely to be his kin, and five unrelated mummies as control. They were older mummies. So the scientists were looking at the variable regions of DNA to see what exactly got passed from generation to generation. And a match of eight was good enough to establish a blood relation. So they tested each mummy from at least two spots, trying to avoid contamination, going deep inside the bone. And they were doing this because the mummies could have been contaminated by the ancient Egyptian priests who actually mummified them, or even the lab people who were working on them. So they had to test them against themselves as well. So there were four mummies that we knew already. We've got Tut, we've got Amenhotep the Third, that great eighteenth dynasty pharaoh, and we know the parents of his wife Tai, Yuya and Tuyu. So those were the ones that we already that we already had for sure. Yeah. And then there are lots of mummies that we don't know. There's a male mummy, KV-55, found in the Valley of the Kings in 1907 with a defaced coffin. He's terribly uh, decomposed, too. Well, and he's presumed to be Akhenaten or even Smengakare. We also have two female mummies found in 1898, hidden away in a king's tomb. And they're called the Elder Lady and the Younger Lady, there are also two other female mummies buried in the valley who are presumed to be royalty because of their uh, left arm crossed over their chest. And we've also got two female fetuses found in Tut's tomb who are believed to be his daughters. So who is who? All right. So first, we're going to start with who is Tut's dad. Uh, Tut had called Amenhotep III his father, but that was a vague term. It could mean your ancestor. It could mean your grandfather. It, it didn't have to necessarily mean your actual father. Well, and it wasn't Amenhotep the third dead before Tet Th- was born. That's what history suggested. So other candidates would be Akhenaten or even Smenkakare, whoever Smenkare is, which is going to prove to be a little bit of an issue here. So the results of this millennia-old paternity test turn out this. So Amenhotep is 99.99% for sure the father of that mystery mummy, KV-55. KV-55 is 99.99% sure the father of King Tut. So there we have three generations of mummies who are related to each other, but we still don't quite know the identities. Well, and KV-55 is obviously not Amenhotep. Because he's the grandfather. Well, exactly. So could it be Akhenaten? Could it be Smenkakare? Scientists can't say for sure, but our money is on Akhenaten since... One, we actually know who he is. And two, he would have been the right age to have sired Tut since his CT scan showed signs of middle-age ailments. So based on circumstantial evidence, it makes sense. Well, and initially the scientists had thought that that KV55 mummy was a young man, maybe only 25 years old. And due to the number of children that Akhenaten had, it it couldn't have been him. But these middle-age ailments proved that he was probably more like about 40 years old. So next we've got to look at Tut's maternal line. If Amenhotep III is Tut's grandfather, was his wife, Queen Tai, his grandmother? And to figure this one out, our scientists compared the known parents of Queen Tai, who were Yuya and Tuyu, to the so-called elder lady, who Sarah said is so well-preserved, it's scary. Yeah, you should look up a picture of her. She looks like this very, very tiny, dry person with lots of hair. And a strange sort of sentimental side note on that hair, a lock of it had been found in King Tut's tomb in this little series of nesting coffins and it was labeled as the hair of Queen Tai so uh, we we have a so sweet it is sweet tut we have this suggestion that maybe Queen Tai is tut's grandmother the DNA results come in the elder lady is the daughter of Yuya and Tuyu so she is Tai and KV55 is her son the puzzle pieces are coming coming together. together here so our next question is who is King Tut's mom the younger lady, who was found with Tai, her DNA matches Tuts, but here's where that severely inbred bit from the headlines starts up. The younger lady is also the daughter of Amenhotep III and Tai. We're, oh, we're missing some grandparents math there. We've only got two grandparents, so King Tuts, mom and dad, are brother and sister. Yeah, and we don't know this woman's name, the younger lady. Uh, we do know, though, that she's not Nefertiti and Kia. So let's go back a little. Let's assume that Tut's father is Akhenaten. Akhenaten had two very famous wives, Nefertiti, who was the subject of our podcast, and Kia. But there's nothing mentioned anywhere about either of them being his sisters. So we can assume that it is a entirely different woman. Um, but because Amenhotep and Tai had several daughters, we're just not sure exactly which one it is. So that's four generations figured out, and that brings us to Tut's own family. So one of the fetuses found in his tomb is definitely his daughter, probably up the other one as well, and their mother and Tut's wife might be one of the women buried with the crossed arms in the valley. Tut's wife had been described historically as Nefertiti and Akhenaten's daughter, and knowing what we know now, this would make her Tut's half-sister and even though the babies don't show severe malformations it's it's possible that the line was by this point too inbred to bring a living heir into the world Yeah, which brings us to another issue that came out of this study. This family had some major malformations. Tut especially with his club foot and a deformed toe is missing a bone, um, a cleft palate possibly. Plus he suffered from necrosis, malaria, and a broken leg right before he died. So if you, if you add those things in, things like malaria and a broken leg, it starts to seem like this very sickly, Pharaoh could be taken down pretty easily. Well, he was only 19 when he died, as we mentioned, and he had at least 130 canes in his tomb. So that makes you think it probably wasn't for decoration. These weren't regal staffs. Yeah. He likely needed them to walk, which explains why he's so often shown sitting down in in portraits of the time. Yeah, and because this family, you know, possibly because this family is so inbred, malformations abound in lots of his family members. There's a cleft palate and scoliosis and Akhenaten, a club foot in Amenhotep III, scoliosis and club feet in the mummy KV-21A, who the younger lady, supposed to be Tut's wife. Um, So we have this pile up of of malformations in the family, but there isn't actually a genetic disorder or anything that would have made Akhenaten or Tut androgynous. So that bit is seriously just the the style of the art at the time. Right. The, the feminized art from that period that shows men with what looked like brass very stomachs womanly and hips. Yeah. Yeah, that's just apparently what was what was in what the was style in. if you were if you were drawing. But Again, we come to our our little bit of controversy. In June, a group of German scientists questioned this JAMA Egyptian study and said that Tut's foot bones actually suggest he had sickle cell disease, which is something that can lead to the necrosis, the tissue death. And they have called for more studies, which we said that is how one episode breeds multiple follow-ups. Exactly. There's always something new that we're finding out. Yeah, part two, part three. So... After Tut dies, a queen, who is probably his widow, pleads to the Hittite king to send her a prince and the dispatched prince never makes it to her and we have this brief period of army control and then finally Egypt passes on to a new pharaoh who is Ramses I and we get this surge of new blood into Egypt so it, it makes a thing I, I know people request the Habsburg djinn a lot oh right and uh, we've talked about some of the Habsburgs actually in their inbreeding but royal incest you know it, it keeps power in the family but It's a big, big genetic gamble. And Tutankhamen is a very good example of that. Yeah, And that brings us to listener mail. We got an email from Sarah in San Antonio who said that she, one, loved Arrested Development, and two, had picked up on four of our references in our podcast. For those of you who have not been inducted into the club of people who adore Arrested Development, pick it up. Um, But she said she saw a reference to Maggie Lizer in our Medici Murders episode, Hot Hamwater in Charlie Chaplin, George Michael in The Creation of Adam in Michelangelo, and the uh, Hot Cops in our Art Heist episode. We can think of one more that we did, um, the Always Always Leave leave a a Note from (laughs) Burke and Hare, but if you have any others, feel free to send them to us. Our email is historypodcast at howstuffworks.com. We also have a Twitter, if you'd like to follow us, at Missed in History. And we have a Facebook fan page. Come and join so you can see what we're up to on a day-to-day basis. We also have some more information on King Tut. If you want to check it out on the website at www.howstuffworks.com. It's called Was There Really a Curse on King Tut's Tomb? It's a fun one.